I am used to having like a full sheet of announcements. So the announcements are like this big. <laughs> so I'm like, where are my announcements at? Okay, we have some celebrations this week. Jim Towers' birthday is on the 26th, and he's here with us today. And then Michelle Tipton's birthday is on the 29th, and she's not here, so make sure you reach out to her and tell her happy birthday. Um, we do have our nursing home service today at the Knife River Care Center at 2.30. If anybody can come and help and sing, especially if you have kids, I know the residents love um, to see anybody, but especially kids, so everyone's welcome. Um, you must either be vaccinated or fill out an exemption form. The forms are in the foyer and you just need to bring them with you to um, the care center. And they're super easy to fill out, so um, don't let that stop you from coming. And then tonight we have prayer and worship at 7 p.m. We haven't had that for a while, so make it to that if you can. And then we have Wednesday night Bible studies for all ages at 7 p.m. Um, as always, we have food for the kids. And it seems like we've been inching mealtime a little earlier and earlier, but sometime between 6 and 6.15, we have food ready for the kids. So invite someone, come and eat. Um, and then we have North Dakota Youth Camp coming up. That's going to be August 1st through 5th at Crystal Springs. And it's not too late to sign up for that if you want to go. Um, please keep the camp and the students and the workers in your prayers. And then... Um, I, or we just finished a series with our kids on Wednesday night, and the um, kind of the theme for it was called uh, pool party. And so all the kids Wednesday night, I think every one of them knew their verse, and um, kind of the gist of everything was, um, or the last lesson was on a cannonball. If you want to make the biggest splash, you want to do a cannonball into the pool. And the point was the biggest splash we can ever make is giving our lives to Jesus. And so we had several of our kids give their hearts to the Lord. And I get emotional because I just, I've always had a heart for kids, but um, several of our kids that are here today were some that did. And so I'm just super proud of them. And they all want to come up and say their verse for you guys. So we're going to have them do that real quick. There's a couple of them that wanted, if Pastor Justin could turn the, the slide off, um, Roman wanted to say it by himself. And riot. And riot. So we're, I'm not going to stop these kids from quoting scripture, so. Repent then and turn to God, so your sins may be wiped out, and times of refreshing may come from the Lord, Acts 3.19. Repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Acts 3.19. Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you now with the sermon, Father, I pray that you would touch hearts and minds, God, that you would give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Father, that you would help us to take 
the principles of what we're going to look at and apply them to our life. And Holy Spirit, we need your help and your guidance to do that. Father, I pray that every word that I say would bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Um, I want to thank everybody for, for showing up this Sunday. I wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not after last Sunday, so <laughs> thank you all for being here. It's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have some, some visitors, and um, I want to talk today on some lessons from the life of Daniel. And so if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, we'll, we'll be there uh, throughout the majority of the sermon. But um, in our uh, Bible study on Wednesday night, the gentleman that led the study, uh, the video part of it, talked about biographies, and, and he talked about why we read biographies, and, and he said that what we hope to do is we hope to, to learn about people that have been successful in the past and take uh, things out of their life that we can implement into our lives that will hopefully make us successful too, or vice versa. We read stories, and, and, and we see how people have failed in, in the wrong choices they made, and we try and stay away from those. And so I, I've been thinking about that quite a bit, and one of the stories, uh, not stories, but one of the, the people in the Bible that really stick out to me and, and have for a long time is Daniel. And so there's three things that we're going to look at today from the life of Daniel, and they are faithfulness, faultlessness, and fearlessness. And so to, to set the backdrop of, of Daniel's life, he was a young man uh, from a noble family that was deported uh, from Judah to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. He was trained for three years in the Babylonian language and culture, which was absolutely contrary to where he grew up. Um, he was blessed uh, to be given wisdom for learning the language and, and the culture, and the Lord gave him the unique ability to interpret dreams. And he, he served under King Nebuchadnezzar for a while, but when the Babylonian court went under and, and fell, that empire fell, he served in, in somewhat the same position uh, in the Medo-Persian empire that succeeded it. And so Daniel grew up in a royal home, was taken from that, taken from everything he knew, and wound up being put in a royal court of two different empires, neither of which uh, were, were Christian. So there's something to be said about, about how a young man who was taken, he was taken at a young age, can be taken from everything that he knows and everyone that he knows for the most part, and yet live a life that is full of faithfulness, that is full of faultlessness, and that is full of fearlessness. And so we're going to look at those things today. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, we read the following. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And so Daniel, in the midst of an of a, a, a anti-God, anti-Christian culture, anti-Jewish culture would be at the time, but... Um, he, he remained faithful to the covenant of God, and he did so by having to stand up to that empire. All these men that were being trained, everyone that had been taken captive was told to eat this food, and, and he did whatever was necessary to not dishonor God and how he lived. Daniel 2.28, the first part of that verse says, But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And so not only was Daniel faithful in what he put into his body, but he was also faithful in whatever success he had to give glory and honor to God. He, he could have said, I, I got the interpretation of this dream. But he didn't. He said, God gave me this dream. And so he goes to a king who is the ruler, and he implements that, that God, who this king is against, is the one that gave him to 
this dream. And so in, in Daniel's life, you're going to find all throughout Daniel, if you read the whole book, you're going to find that it talks repetitively about how Daniel honors God, both by how he lives, by what he does, by what he says, and by who he gives credit to. Um, in, in, we come to a place in chapter 6, and we're going to kind of move and bounce around, and, and I apologize for that. I tried to lay it out as succinctly as possible. But in, in chapter 6, Daniel winds up in some trouble. He has some, some men that are jealous of him. They're jealous of how he's risen. They're jealous of the, the fact that God has given them these visions and these, these dreams that he can interpret them. And, and they, they, they try to get King Darius, or they try to get Daniel in trouble with King Darius. And what they do is they have to come up with a law that you can only worship King Darius for an extended amount of time. You can't pray to anybody else. You can't make a petition to any other God. You cannot worship any other God but King Darius. And so we read in Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed for this decree, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since uh, early days. And so even in the midst of, of this decree being signed, even knowing that these men were out to get him, even knowing that they had planned his downfall, what Daniel did is he goes and he honors the Lord the same way he always had. And, and the thing about this is that you can't pull from the bank of faithfulness if you haven't put anything in there. And so if you are not faithful now, but you're going to commit yourself that one day you'll be faithful, when it actually matters you'll be faithful, you'll be bankrupt. When you're faithful now in the little things and the little things, you will be faithful in the big things. And that's what Daniel was. He, he prayed every day. And the, the thing that I, I love about Daniel is he's not braggadocious. He's not arrogant. He's not all about him. But he goes and he prays, knowing that those men are watching him with his windows open. And he could have prayed to God with his windows shut. He could have just shut them and, and got down and prayed. He did what he did inside of all to see because he mattered, what he was worried about was honoring God more so than fearing man. And it's absolutely beautiful. And, and we're going to face a lot of, of things in this country. We're facing some of them now. We're going to face some of them as they grow that are decrees from anti-godly uh, governments that seek to dishonor and discredit the Lord, that seek to go against his written word. And they are decrees of man that are going to force us to, to, to make a choice. Either it's going to force us to, if we still choose to worship, and we still choose to honor God to do it with our windows closed. Nobody's going to know about it. We're going to be good. Or we can purpose now to do it with our windows open, not caring who sees. And, and Daniel did this. And bear with me for a minute because it didn't work out totally awesome for Daniel at first. God did not part the heavens. He did not have this, this beam of light come down. He did not uh, have this chorus of angels sing. And then, then everybody just knew that Daniel was God's. Uh, man, he went and got in trouble by the government and King Darius because he had signed the decree, even though he did not want to throw Daniel in the lion's den, threw Daniel in the lion's den. And, and, and the thing is, is that you'll see that he was even faithful in that. And this church is the part that hit me hard because, man, when something goes wrong or, or I feel like I'm honoring God and, and the harder I try to honor God, then, then all of a sudden... I feel like I'm going into my own personal lion's den. I don't always just thank God for it. I don't always just walk there without having something to say about it. I, 
God bless me or curse me, I'm not sure entirely which way to look, to be one of the most sarcastic people I've ever met. It's hard for me to not say something. It's really hard for me to not say something. So when I put myself in Daniel's shoes, I, I don't know, looking in the mirror and, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to open my eyes, if I would react the same way Daniel did. But this story is in here because it's true, and that truth means that when we're faithful in the little things, that we will be faithful when we're walking to the lion's den. And it says in Daniel 6, 21-22, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. And so Daniel stays faithful to the end. He, he walks to the lion's den. He does not blame God. He does not blame the men that, that wrote the decree or had it drawn up. He does not blame, blame King Darius. He walks. He's faithful. He knows that, that no matter what, God is his God and that all that matters is that he's faithful to him. And church, think about where we would be if we didn't have these stories of faithfulness. I mean, these are, are time-tested, God-honoring, eternally true stories of what happens when we're faithful to God. We know that because of his faithfulness, uh, he, gets, he comes out of the lion's den. That, that what was meant to kill him does not kill him, that God is faithful, that God shuts him out the lines, that when they open it up the next day, he comes walking out. It's a beautiful story of being faithful to God and the fact that God rewards faithfulness. The second thing that Daniel is is, is faultlessness, and, and this is a little bit harder to dig out, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, we read this following passage concerning Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. They're called by different names. But it's what happened when they were faced uh, in Daniel 1 with eating the food uh, of the foreign empire. It says in Daniel 1, beginning in verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. If you have your Bibles, underline purpose in his heart that he would not defile himself. We can take that alone and work that out in our lives from here till eternity. Just that portion alone. But he says, With the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in, his matter, in this matter and tested them for ten days. And at the end of ten days, their futures appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away the portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year 
of King Cyrus. And so even though Daniel refused to eat the defiled food, he gave the man over him, the man whose head was on the plate, no reason to find fault with him. In church, this is what, what I think is so interesting about Daniel's life is that he lived in a foreign country, had to learn foreign concepts, had to learn foreign languages, had to, to learn how the courts of, of, of foreign countries worked, uh, and did not give anybody fault, reason to find fault in him. He served God with honor in things that he would rather not be doing. I don't think that Daniel woke up one day and said, God, I ask that you take me from my home, that you put me in bondage to a foreign king, that you make me live there, and you make me do this, and you make me be this. That's what I want. But he served God faithfully anyways. It's easy to serve God when everything's going right. It's hard to serve God when everything's going wrong. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that we don't serve God because it's going right or wrong. We serve God because God is God. Amen? And so when we're faithful to who God is, when we're faithful to what he's called us to do, it says here that, that they were found ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. This tells me that even if I'm doing something I don't want to do, even if I have a task that I don't want to be a part of, even if I'm, I'm doing something that, that everybody else might look at and say, why in the world is that person doing that? I can still honor God. And I can do it without fault. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And there's no complaints. The, the thing that, that I, I love about the book of Daniel is they don't ever complain. I'm, I don't have uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in, the, in the fiery furnace in here, but they don't complain. And there's something to be said about one way that we can honor God and that we can not be found with fault is that we don't complain when God asks us to do something. We just do it, and we do it unto him. In Daniel 6, 1 through 4, we read the following. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel extinguished, or distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find uh, some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. It would be hard enough to serve under Babylonian king without fault. But now he serves under an entirely different king, entirely different setup, entirely different set of rules, entirely different country, without fault once again wherever you are wherever you find yourself whatever you are doing you can do it without fault unto god and unto men and it's a beautiful thing because it says that that he was given an excellent spirit there was an excellent spirit that was in him and i want to tell you something that daniel had an excellent spirit that was in him and it was remarkable and it's talked about we have the holy spirit in us and he does things in excellence and he distinguishes himself among other spirits. And he is somebody that, that will lead us and guide us to, to live without fault, both before our enemies and before God. And, and it, it's one thing, right, to be like Daniel, to live a life free from fault. But there's a second aspect of this. 
In Daniel 6, 21 through 22, we, we already read this. I'm going to read it again. It says, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Sometimes we're faultless until we get thrown in the lion's den. And then, and there is where we commit our faults. God, why did you do this to me? God, are you not here? God, I, I, I honored you and look what happened. Or, God, those, those three people that are so out to get me, those, those people that they lied and they, they made this thing up to get me in trouble and, and they're my enemies and it's unfair. And, and Right? Anybody been there? I, I could just be preaching myself. I, I'm totally, I've done that enough in my life. I, I'm, I can do it again. But it's not just enough to keep at fault before the lion's den. You got to stay free from fault in the lion's den and after the lion's den. And the thing is, is that anybody ever remember reading a verse that says, Vengeance is mine? Saith the Lord? Remember that verse? I promise you that the vengeance of God is so much, I don't even know what the word is, more powerful than any vengeance you or I could ever get. And his vengeance is faultless, where ours comes at fault. Daniel 6, 24 says, And the king gave the command, and they brought these men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Daniel didn't say a word, but God took his vengeance. We live in a day and age where, where everybody wants everybody to pick a side, to be this or to be that. Our energies, our energies will be better spent honoring God before the lion's den, during the lion's den, and after the lion's den, than at any time seeking vengeance on anybody or anything that has done wrong to us. When we submit to the Holy Spirit, he will keep us faultless both before and after the plans of our enemies. Part three is, is fearlessness. and So not only was Daniel faithful and faultless, but he was also fearless. And are you seeing how in this day and age, we, we need to have these three characteristics mark us as Christians. Christians that are not faithful have nothing to say to anybody. Christians that are full of fault have nothing to say to anybody. And Christians that are full of fear will not say anything to anybody. In Daniel 2, 1-6, through 6, we, we read the following. It says, Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the, to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. 
And, and the Chaldeans could not interpret the dream. They had no idea. And so we, we go reading a little bit further, Daniel 2, 12-13. For this reason the king was ang- angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill him. Daniel and his companions are in trouble. They're on the chopping block. There's literally a decree that has gone out to find them and kill them. But we get an excellent view of Daniel's fearlessness in Daniel 2, 14 through 15. It says, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. And in Daniel 2.24, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. And so instead of hiding in his house, instead of hiding or, or trying to get away, or instead of locking himself in a room with closed doors so that nobody could find him, Daniel does the unthinkable, and he goes to the very man that is seeking to kill him, and he says, Listen, I can give the interpretation because God is with me. The whole book of Daniel is everything that Daniel does because God is with him. This is what it looks like to have a living faith that is stronger than your enemy. When you fear your enemy and it causes you to cower and it causes you to back down and it causes you to be quiet, that's not being fearless. What is being fearless, and, and, and don't get me wrong, please church, fearlessness is not abrasiveness and arrogance and brashness and rudeness. It's not standing up and telling people uh, you know, all these horrible things and giving them no hope. Being fearless is knowing who your God is, knowing that governments and worldly systems are against the things of God, and knowing when it is appropriate to speak up and say, listen, there is a line I will not cross. You will not take me past that line, and that is where I stand. I read a, a, a quote from Chesterton that said, uh, A true soldier does not fight because he hates what's in front of him. He fights because he loves what's behind him. This is our guide. When we love God more than we love the world, when we love God more than we fear our enemies, we will stand up and we will be counted fearless in the eyes of God. God revealed to to Daniel secrets. And and Daniel knew that that, that God would do this. And so when, when, when he tells the king his whole vision... He doesn't hold back from telling the king the vision. He doesn't the first time, and he doesn't the second time. But because of Daniel's fearlessness, the king that was going to kill him became the king that honored and empowered them, and the king that said, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings. Because of Daniel's fearlessness, because Daniel did not run and hide, because Daniel stood up and said, take me before the king, all of a sudden this king that was on a rampage that was killing everybody, because they couldn't answer him, now says, listen, your God is God. You never know when you're going to enter into a power encounter with the enemy. You never know. But I'm telling you that God in you is greater than any enemy you could face outside of you. Daniel did not cower in the face of opposition. He, he sought the Lord, and he stood fearlessly before his enemy. Uh, on, a, on a side note, go home today, read Daniel chapter 4. This is the second interpretation that Daniel gives to King Nebuchadnezzar. And the the thing that that strikes me about this that is so significant today is that he did not water down that dream. 
he already knew that, that King Nebuchadnezzar was going to kill the wise men the first time. Some of them had already been killed. King Nebuchadnezzar has a second dream. Daniel gets the interpretation. He goes and he gives him the interpretation of the dream that basically says, listen, you're going to live like a wild beast and you're going to go out and you're going to eat grass. I don't know if I'd say that to a king. It's probably not the best thing the king would like to hear. But Daniel doesn't hold back. He tells him exactly what the dream is and it comes to pass. So don't be afraid to speak when God has given you something to speak. When, when Daniel was getting ready to be thrown in the lion's den in, in Daniel 6, 16 to 17, it says, So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the lion's den. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. We do not read about Daniel resisting the faith that was allotted to him. We do not read about him recanting his profession of faith. We don't read about him trying to, to make a deal with, with these men that were taking him to the lion's den. Because Daniel knows who his God is, he can face whatever comes his way. In church, we got a small taste last week of who our God is. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I came to church excited this morning. I came to church because I knew that my king would be in the room. I came to church knowing that God has given not just me, but this church, something to say that he is burning with his spirit, a vision and a plan inside of you, and that when we as God's people stand up and we are faithful and we are faultless and we are fearless, empires are going to know. Daniel is one man with a big God. And two empires knew that his God was the God. Amen? And so, as the world spins more and more out of control, which we were told was going to happen, as this, this line between freedoms gets more and more blurred and we don't know which way to go and we don't know what it's going to affect, maybe you're in a workplace and you're, you're one of the people that you have to eventually take a stand and say that you affirm things you don't believe in to keep your job. What are you going to do and what are you going to say? See, it, it's not just Daniel has to worry about this stuff. It, it, it's what's going to face the church shortly. We, we've long had this idea that, that we can just kind of jump back and forth between the lines and the sand that God has drawn. And I'm telling you that the, the, the louder and the crazier and the wilder the world gets, the more clear that line becomes. And the more clear that line becomes, the less likely you are to be able to jump over one side to the other. You're going to have to pick a side and stay there. That's where we're headed. And so, because that's where we're headed, when I look at, at, at stories like, like Daniel, and I look at stories uh, of David and, 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 and Paul, and I, I look at how they honored God when it would have been easier for them not to. I look at how they suffered for the Lord when it would have been easier for them not to. But I also look at the profound impact their lives had on everybody around them and what impact their lives are still having on us. And so my, my, my hope today is that you will take away from this message that in order to be effective witnesses of Jesus Christ in our world today, we need to live out these three things. Faithfulness to the God who purchased us by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Faultlessness before the Lord who lived a faultless life before us, enabling him to become the perfect sacrifice, because he lived the perfect life that we were called to live that we could not live. 
See, it's not just Jesus' death that matters, it's his life that matters. Because he lived a sinless life, he is a perfect sacrifice. In church, we need to have fearlessness in proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which sometimes means bad news comes first. There is no good news if you don't have the bad news. If you don't know you're a sinner, you don't know you need a Savior. Right? You with me so far? We have to be about our Father's business. When we honor God in these ways, we will see what God can do. We live in a godless culture, and it's beginning to become more and more compromised each and every day. And Daniel lived in a godless culture. He didn't bow. He didn't give in. He didn't settle. He didn't compromise. But two empires understood that Daniel's God was God. The God. The one and only God. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for for the truths of Scripture, God, for the lives of those that have gone before us, God, the lives that have greatly impacted our own. And Father, I, I thank you for the principles that we find from the life of Daniel, God, his faithfulness, his faultlessness, God, and his fearlessness. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we go about our day today, as we, we get ready to go up to the, the nursing home for our service there, God, as we gather again tonight for worship, God, that we would take these principles and we would ask you to burn them so deep into our spirits, God, that they become part of who we are. God, that we as a body would seek to honor you with our lives, the way we live them, the words we say, and that, God, people would know that our God is the one true God. Father, I pray that each and every person here would be quick to speak of the good news of Jesus Christ to those that need to hear it this week. Father, may you anoint us, may you guide us, may you direct us, may you empower us. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.